that's the great thing about allowing students to pursue those personal passion projects or, or what their interests and goals are is that's the stuff they're interested in, right? So that, that's what brings them in. And, and they don't they don't know, hey, I'm warning uh, digital marketing, you know, through through Etsy, or I'm learning video editing while I'm also playing video games. They don't they don't realize that, and but that's that's where the magic happens. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From Intervision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. It's been said that every company is a digital company. UPS, the package delivery giant, says we are a data company. Ford says they are a data company. Even the family farm is going high tech as investments in technology are driving better yields. We are in the digital era. New jobs are being created. Old jobs are being replaced by automation or at the very least, augmented by automation. The release of ChatGPT just a few short months ago revealed an entirely new skill set, prompt writing. How do you interact with an AI bot? A few episodes here on Status Go, we talked about SOFIA, S-F-I-A, the skills framework for the information age. Today, we're going to talk with Andrew Rosner, the Director of Digital Fluency at Franklin College. Franklin is a liberal arts college. You may be surprised to hear that the college is located in central Indiana, not Silicon Valley or New York or Austin. Digital fluency, a skill for every employee, entrepreneur, and frankly, citizen. So Andrew, welcome to Status Go. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, glad to be here and talk about Franklin College and the uh, Digital Fluency Initiative. I, I'm really excited by this because when, when I first learned about the program there at Franklin College, I, I, I thought, wow, this is really leading edge. It, it fills this gap that uh, we have. Uh, and, and I think sometimes we make the assumption that because our kids are growing up with these cell phones in their in their hands, these smartphones, that they know all about technology, and, and they really don't. Before we dive into this concept of digital fluency, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, your career journey? What what brought you to this spot today? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't have a, I guess, a, a traditional path, uh, as, as one would think, uh, to get into tech. And, and sometimes I even have a hard time of considering myself as somebody who works in, <laughs> in, in tech. So uh, I went to a, a small private liberal arts college, uh, very similar to Franklin College, went to DePaul University, and I actually sp uh, studied sports medicine there. I thought I was going to be a, an athletic trainer, right, uh, yeah. for, for a long time. Knew I wanted to stay in sports, um, but got to be about the end of, of the journey there at DePaul. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be an athletic trainer anymore. Uh, so ended up going to grad school at, at IU, uh, specifically for sports marketing and management. Again, with the idea of I wanted to work in work in sports. Um, yeah. After that, uh, luckily, I, you know, while I was getting my my uh, uh, master's degree, uh, 
a full-time job opened up in the athletics department. I was also uh, part-time working in the athletics department at, at, at that time. And so um, was able to uh, jump into that, that full-time role specifically in the, in the ticket office, uh, selling tickets and, and uh, ticket operations. Did that for a few years, uh, then moved over to the marketing department within athletics. Um, really enjoyed uh, that, did that for three, four uh, years. Then the opportunity and, and you know, I kind of was ready for that next jump, uh, ready for a leadership role uh, within within the department. Um, and we got a great gift from Mark Cuban to create the, the Mark Cuban Center for Sports Media and Technology. And wow. again, product of timing uh, was was tabbed to to lead that uh, uh, department, uh, the Mark Cuban Center uh, or the Cuban Center. Um, and. and built that out, uh, developed relationships with, with campus. And that then reignited my, uh, my passion for working directly with students, um, and developing learning opportunities, uh, for, for them. Uh, so that was a big part of, of what we did in, in the Cuban center was working with, you know, the Kelly school of business, the school of informatics, um, a number of different uh, schools on, on campus to develop internships and other learning opportunities uh, for the really cool tech that we were utilizing um, in, in the Cuban Center on, on the athletics department side. Yeah. Um, did that for four, five years and, and then saw this, this opening here at Franklin College and it kind of uh, provided the opportunity to uh, kind of get back to my roots, right? Small yeah. private liberal yeah. arts college. Um, spend more time uh, working directly with students and, and creating those learning opportunities. Um, and so jumped at the chance uh, when I saw this this opportunity pop up and been here for about two years and, and loving life. That's excellent. That, that, that is, that's, that's quite a journey. So did you meet Cuban? <laughs> no, uh, I, I did not. I did not uh, get, get to meet uh, uh, Mark Cuban personally, no. Well, hey, at least you got to to implement that program there, which is a nationally recognized uh, program. Well, let's dive into this concept of, of digital fluency. First of all, can you define it? What what is digital fluency? <laughs> yeah, that that's the million dollar question, right? What in the world is this thing? Uh, and, and truth be told, when I saw the the job uh, posting, uh, I had to look it up. You know, I I, I yeah. certainly had heard of digital. I think everyone knows what digital is, right? Uh, and I think everyone understands what, what fluency is, but uh, I had never seen those two <laughs> words put together yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in, in such a way. And so I uh, definitely had to look that up. Um, and and we, we use the textbook definition quite a bit. And, and that is, you know, the digital fluency is the ability to leverage technology to create new knowledge, new challenges, uh, new problems, and to complement those with critical thinking, complex problem solving, and, and social intelligence. Now, it's very textbook definition, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. how I like to think of it is, uh, most people have probably heard of digital literacy, right? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, what's yeah. the kind of what's the difference there? Right. So how I think of the the difference, uh, I you you can think of it in, in a number of different ways. Uh, how I think of it is. Uh, I'm going to use the handyman tools uh, example, right? So I'm at home and and I I, I would consider myself literate uh, on a handyman tools. So I know what a drill is, right? I know that tool. Yeah. I know how to use it. I know lefty, loosey, righty, tidy for screwdrivers, <laughs> right? I understand yep, the yep. tools. I can maybe put together an Ikea table, right? Following right. directions that 
maybe, right? So yeah, yeah, I am yeah. I am literate in that sense. Um, fluency, how I think about it in that example, is the ability, the skills, the understanding of the tools to build a table from scratch, take the raw materials, understand when and where, uh, have the wisdom, right, to be able to create something from scratch, create new things. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do with the Digital Fluency Initiative is help develop that tool belt, right, or that toolkit mm -hmm. for our students so that they can go out there and create new things, uh, innovation, be innovators and uh, in, in leaders in today's modern economy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe maybe not becoming um, uh, a tradesperson in using your tools, an expert in using the tools, but being able to use them at a higher skill level than I would put myself in the same category you just put yourself in. I know what a screwdriver is, but uh, don't ask me to build a piece of furniture, right? <laughs> right Unless exactly. it is Ikea, uh, yeah. that, that, that I can do. So why, why is this concept of digital fluency so important today? Sure. Well, you know, and, and I, I think, to take a step back, right, and I'll, I'll address why it's important, but first I think also what makes us a little bit different with what we're doing with the Digital Fluency Initiative um, is it's a campus-wide initiative, right? So we are focused just as much on English, philosophy, exercise, science students, right, as an, as an example, as we are on our coding, our IT, our computer science and data science students it's equal, right? It's across mm -hmm. the board. So we want to make sure that we are providing the same tools for all of our students, regardless of, of, of major. Why that's important is we know that the skill set to succeed in today's economy has changed and is constantly changing. I don't know if it'll yeah, ever yeah, stay, yeah. stay the same, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we need to really, uh, it's incumbent on us to better prepare our students. The number one reason why students choose a, choose to go to college, right, is to get a good job, right? Um, yeah. I, I think it was over 85% of students said that was the number one reason why they went to school. On the flip side, 10%, and, and I'm not sure if I necessarily <laughs> agree with this number, but it, uh, one that I came across uh, recently, an article I uh, came across recently said that 10% of business leaders say colleges effectively prepare students for the modern uh, economy. And so yeah, if everyone, yeah. if students are going to college in order to get a good job, yet the people who are hiring them are saying, eh, college isn't doing a great job, we need to rethink uh, how we're preparing students and, and the, the skills and the tools that we're providing them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I saw, I, I know I, I saw you speak recently, and I, I think the other stat that really jumped out at me was that, and, and I may get this wrong, so feel free to correct me, by 2030, the, the available jobs, 85% of them don't even exist today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's the that's the that's the stat, and it's been widely uh, publicized. There, you know, by 85 percent of the jobs haven't even been created yet. So, how do we yeah. prepare students for jobs that we don't even know what they are? Right? We don't we right. don't have those job descriptions. Right. Uh, you have to prepare them how to how to use the tools. Yep. Uh, and and I think also instill that continuous learning the ability to, to be curious and, and learn and understand. So 
I think what I heard you say in, in that, Andrew, is that you're not suggesting that every student that goes to Franklin College has to enroll in computer science. Right. Right. You're 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 spreading this program out to all the disciplines and, and all the tools. So can you talk a little bit about how you're doing that? And I know I know the program is is in its infancy, but how are you doing it today? And where's your vision for where this is going? Right. So we're definitely taking a, a scaffolded or a tiered approach to to what we're trying to do in the classroom specifically. Um and you start uh, big picture wise, developing brand new majors, right? That mm-hmm. we, we've done that, um, uh, created our data science major, which started uh, in the fall. Um, really excited about uh, that that program. Um, one thing that is unique, I think, to what we're able to do is we're able to put a, a, a unique liberal arts spin on a data science major, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of our focus then is is um, talking about data, um, bias and equity, right. And, and how, yeah. how that plays a part in, in today's, uh, economy and, in uh, in, in businesses. I think you mentioned what Ford said, they're a data company, right. You yeah. would never yeah. think about yeah. that. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, but, but what, uh, and you mentioned AI in, in the intro as well, uh, in machine learning. Okay. Tons of uh, equity issues and bias issues, right? In, in that, and so we're able to put that, I think, unique liberal arts spin on, um, a, you know, maybe a more traditional tech major, yeah. right? So that's yeah. one way, right? Big picture, uh, developing new majors. Um, maybe a step below that would be something that we're, uh, we're we're calling our digital fluency endorsement, and that is similar uh, to like a credential, or it's just under what would be a minor. Um, mm-hmm. it's a set of, of classes. I think the list is now up to 20 classes, uh, and then some co-curricular experiences as well, uh, that students, uh, would, if they, if they earn those or they take those, uh, classes, uh, over their four years, they would earn this digital fluency, uh, endorsement. And again, what we've done with that mix of classes is we spread it across campus and then made the requirement that two out of the four required classes, um, have to be outside of your major, right? Okay. So that's encouraging, say, a philosophy major to go take CMP 130, our, our intro to uh, computing class. Or if you are a coder, right, you are one of our data science majors or computer science majors, can you go take a nonprofit digital leadership course? Or can you go take a, um, a graphic design course and really set yourself up for something like a UX, UI design uh, right, a, a right. career, right? Um, and then there's all the the co-curricular as well. And what we've really, uh, I, I think, where the uh, where the road a rubber meets the road on, on this and digital fluency endorsement um, is it's also been it's been vetted by industry. So we we've gone to TechPoint, they're valued partners in in what we're doing. We've said, hey, here's our program. Are these the skills that employers are looking for? Um, yeah. And so we have that seal of approval from from TechPoint, which I think is going to be really, really valuable for for our students, something that they can put on a resume and go talk about in an, in an interview. Then yeah. we're also so that if that's kind of the middle level, the, the bottom level there then would just be uh, reimagining and, and rethinking um, some of our classroom projects and, and in class exercises. 
So how do we put a digital spin on a traditional uh, in-class project? And you think about uh, one of the, the easiest or uh, best examples is a traditional paper that you would write uh, or uh, an essay. Well, can instead, can we make that a multimedia project or could we create a podcast Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, where yeah. they're learning uh, uh, audio editing, they're learning new hardware and, and, and technology um, on top of the content knowledge, right, of, of that class. Yeah. So it's again, it's that layering effect uh, or scaffolding effect of both your, your content, but also um, the, the digital or the technical skills on, on top of that. I, I want to come back to that, but we're going to pause for, for just a minute here uh, for a, a message from InterVision Systems. They're the publisher of Status Go. Unlock the power of more with InterVision Systems. We provide the cutting edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And the best way to learn more is to visit intervision.com. So Andrew, I want to get back to our, our conversation here. And I, I love the what you were pointing out there just before the break that uh, you're looking at your traditional classes and saying, how can we add technology to that? Uh, and uh, for our listeners who may not be able to see us uh, here on, on video, uh, Andrew is sitting at a very tricked out uh, podcast studio uh, on campus. And so even things like using those tools, as you mentioned, is, is important. Are you taking this uh, concept of digital fluency also into some of the extracurriculars that are available for students? Absolutely. And, you know, we, you mentioned um, the podcast studio. That's a part of uh, one component of our Center for Tech Innovation that, that I oversee as part of the Digital Fluency Initiative. We like to think of it as, as the hub of the Digital Fluency Initiative. Uh, is where our podcast studio is. But I think another thing that makes us unique, and I, I, I don't want to make this sound like a, a sales pitch for Franklin College, uh, but I think one thing that does make us unique is all the resources uh, that we have here within the Center for Tech Innovation, including the podcast studio, 3D printers, VR headsets, photo and video equipment, et cetera. They're obviously available for class projects. But one thing that makes us uh, uh, a little bit different is that we also make all of this uh, equipment and resources and technology available for uh, co-curricular or extracurricular, you know, personal passion projects for our students. So for example, if a student wanted to come in and use this podcast studio to, you know, create voiceovers for a video game, mm -hmm. that uh, video that they're, that they're posting on YouTube, which is a a thing apparently I, yes. I i didn't know that that was a thing uh they're certainly more than welcome to, to come and do that if they wanted to uh utilize our 3d printers and and create a little etsy shop of of uh things that they're they're printing uh they certainly can and had a student do that right and and that's the that's the great thing about um allowing students to 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 pursue those personal packs passion projects or, or what their interests and goals are is that's the stuff they're interested in. Right. So yeah, that's yeah, what brings yeah. them in and, and they're, they're maybe not, they don't, they don't know, Hey, I'm learning 
uh, digital marketing, you know, through through Etsy or or e-commerce or uh, I, I'm learning video editing um, <laughs> while right. I'm also playing video games. Right. They yeah. they don't they don't realize that. And but that's that's where the magic happens is, is when you're able to learn those things and stuff that you're interested in. I, I've said for years that if you want to see where technology is going, uh, watch a gamer. Yeah. Right? What they're the technology that uh, that games are built on today. Uh, you know, when you look back to when when I was a kid and some of the game technology, we now use that every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you look at at uh, augmented reality, virtual reality. It's video games. Yeah. Right? And, and and you're right. Uh, people do post uh, themselves playing video games on on YouTube. Uh, my grandson is a huge fan of of watching some of the games uh, on, on YouTube, so I know that that is a thing. So, as as you're sitting here today, where is this program going? What's your what's your vision for what this looks like two years from now, three years from now? Yeah, so you know, I think we've made um, a, a lot of progress um, across campus here internally, getting a lot of faculty buy in. Uh, which has been really key to our to our early uh, success. But you know, the, the vision for our program is to empower Franklin College and and students to be on the right side of right side of innovation. So I, I think it, you mentioned AI earlier and, and maybe uh, that the effect on jobs there. We want to mm-hmm. make sure that the the digital fluency initiative is the reason why people are getting jobs uh, and, yeah. and keeping jobs. Right. So it's. AI, AI is not going to replace you, but somebody utilizing AI tools might, right? right. And so we yeah, want to yeah. make sure that our students are well prepared, right, from a tools and skills perspective, um, that they are going to be on the right side of innovation. Yeah. Um, and similarly, yeah. we want to do the same thing for Franklin College. We want to make sure that Franklin College uh, is set up for success in the long term uh, with this innovative uh, learning experience that we're providing for our students. Yeah, it it's uh, it's interesting, and and we talked a little bit about this in my intro that you know this this explosion of Chat GPT uh, just as an example, and the rise in the need to teach people and train people how to interact with it because writing the prompts for that is a skill set. So you all are in education. There, there's been a little bit of an uproar about chat GPT in the education space. Use it in the classroom or no way? Where, where, where's kind of the stance? Yeah, you know, I can't speak for everyone here on, on campus, but um, I teach a digital marketing Salesforce fundamentals course. Um, and absolutely, we, we're, we're utilizing it, right? It, it's important. Uh, and I've had a number of, of guest speakers come in and, and talk about how they're using it. Uh, in in their daily work workflows, um, so to me it's important uh, as we're preparing our students to enter the the workforce that they are uh, under have a good uh, strong understanding of how those tools are being used. And so, yeah. uh, the most specific way um, uh, earlier in the in the semester, we did uh, SEO search engine optimization uh, in class exercise uh, mm-hmm. where we uh, you know I had students develop a set of keywords for their target market. 
yeah. uh, for their, their brand or their, their uh, company that they were assigned. Uh, then we took that keywords and we went and used ChatGPT to help us uh, develop a further uh, extended keyword list, but then also uh, how are we creating content uh, based on yeah. that blog posts uh, based on those those keywords to help us uh, target uh, the right the right customer. Uh, tomorrow we're going to do an email marketing um, in class exercise where we'll utilize some AI tools um, to write better subject lines. Right that that. Yeah, you got to write a good subject line. That's how you get people to open up emails. That's right. right. That's how you get people um, to click. Yep. yep. So, so yep. we're going to look at, at how to do uh, how how to utilize those tools in real world industry ex, uh, examples. Right. Uh, we that's, also that's excellent. Um, outside the classroom, you mentioned extracurriculars, co-curriculars. Um, last week, I led an AI tools workshop. And again, was not really focused a, a lot on ChatGPT. I think most of their students um, know how to use that or, or have experience with that. But rather, we focused on uh, tools like uh, Beautiful.ai, uh, oh, yeah. HyperWrite.ai, yeah. and then Clean Voice, um, that, that tool as well, with the idea that these are tools that are going to help in your production of, of quality content for class. Right. Yeah. So this is yeah. not a the, these are it's not a tool to help you write an essay uh, or get you out of writing an essay. Right. But how can you better, um, uh, more effectively or efficiently create um, uh, class class materials yeah. and take what used to be maybe two, three hours, right, of creating a PowerPoint deck? Uh, instead, can you spend five minutes creating a PowerPoint deck by utilizing beautiful.ai? Um, yeah, and then yeah. what do you do with that save time? How are you be better or how are you able yes. to, to better your presentation, you know, uh, hone your message, craft your message, do more research, fact check, um, uh, to, to make it even better. Right. Even better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know, um, I was not aware of uh, beautiful.ai until I saw your presentation in which you had used that uh, for your deck. And to our listeners, if you've not uh, checked that out, you should. Uh, the decks are are spectacular uh, coming out the, the, the other end. Now, I, I want to get into uh, the more depth of the program itself and in, in you all have developed this there at Franklin around a set of, uh, you call them core digital competencies. And I, I think, uh, as I'm recalling your presentation, there are five core digital competencies. Do I have that right? What, yes. what are the five, Andrew? Yeah. So to list them off, uh, we have our essential digital skills, uh, digital communication, data management and preservation, data analysis and presentation, and then critical design making and, and development. And so as you're, as you're developing the programs, part of what you're doing is keeping those competencies in mind and how do you leverage them within the, whatever the framework or the coursework that you're building, right? Absolutely. So we want to make sure that these skills are interconnected, uh, interdisciplinary, uh, and, and embedded in, in the curriculum is our, is our ultimate yeah. goal with these skills. Yeah. Could you, for our listeners, could you just repeat those again? And for our listeners, we'll, we'll provide a link, 
to to this as well in our show notes. But just for our listeners, what are the five again, Andrew? Yep, essential digital skills, which would be you know network, file management, troubleshooting, uh, strategic web, database searching. Those those types of essential digital skills. Uh, yep. Digital communication, so collaborative communication, uh, writing and publishing, um, audiovisual production, right? Uh, data management and, and preservation would be collection, privacy, security, uh, organizing and managing, you know, data, um, yep. data analysis and presentation. Again, essentially data visualization, right? How do we yep. tell story with with our data? Uh, and then critical design, making and development. Um, algorithmic thinking, coding, uh, project management, design thinking, uh, those types of skills would, would fall into that category. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, and, and I know we haven't even, you mentioned, um, uh, bias and making sure that we, we, uh, uh, are eliminating as much bias as we can out of, out of the tools. We haven't even touched on, uh, ethical use of, of technology. Uh, you know, as you were, as you were talking about creating the subject line and, uh, having people click, you know, you could take that to the extreme. Uh, but we'll, we'll save that conversation for the next time you're on, you're on status go, Andrew. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the corporate partnerships because a lot of our listeners are in, uh, corporate America. Uh, they're in corporate it or they, are in a tech company itself. Uh, so talk about the corporate partnerships that you have and that you're looking for uh, in this program. Yeah, so employer partnerships, uh, key to our digital fluency in- initiative. Um, and there's a wide range of ways that we can we can work together. Uh, one is, is through our digital internship stipend. Um, and so that's a relatively new uh, a program that we just stood up that well, I guess to, to give you a little bit of a background on, on that. So we were hearing a, a very common theme and talking to both employer partners, but also to, to students. And that was essentially, um, you know, employer partners, especially nonprofits and, and startups are saying, hey, we'd, we'd love to take on interns, right, uh, from Franklin College, but we just don't have the funds to, to, to pay them. And so they'd often be, mm-hmm. you know, non-paid uh, internships. Um, and then on the flip side, students were saying, Hey, I'd love to go take, you know, a, a cool internship at a, a, at a cool startup, right. Tech startup, but it's unpaid and I need to make some money over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would oftentimes forego, right. The, the tech startup non-paid internship, uh, or, or nonprofit, uh, opportunity and go work, you know, at a local mom and pop store in, in, in their hometown over the summer. So we stepped in with, with, uh, some of our grant money and, and developed this digital internship stipend to again, uh, encourage our students to go take those, uh, often unpaid or, or very low paid internship opportunities, but that are so, so valuable to their, to their experience. Uh, it's, it's where they get to apply what they're learning right in the classroom into a world, world, real world example. Uh, and make those those vital uh, networking connections uh, as the, as they're uh, looking to uh, apply for jobs. So um, that what that does is we will pay uh, Franklin College will pay ten dollars an hour uh, on top of whatever the the host organization is paying. So if it's they're not paying anything, then at least the student is getting ten dollars an hour. Uh, yeah. If they're paying, you know, 
$10 an hour, then now the student's making 20. Again, really trying to encourage those students to uh, right. not pass up those awesome opportunities uh, that, yeah. that are out there. So um, if uh, anybody listening is, is looking for interns, uh, but maybe don't have the funds to take on uh, uh, interns, uh, that's where the digital internship stipend uh, can, can come into play. Um, then we're always looking for ways that we can um, uh, partner and uh, in, in, in marry academia and in, in industry together. Um, yeah. One great example there is the digital marketing Salesforce class that I, I mentioned uh, a little bit ago. That is, uh, we, that's co-taught. So I teach that with uh, uh, Lee Hamer uh, from Lumivate. She's the, the VP of customer success at, at Lumivate, which is a uh, indie digital experiences uh, platform company. Um, and it's, that's been awesome, right? Um, we're, we're, students are now able to stay way up, more up to date on, on industry, uh, than, uh, if I were just teaching that all by myself. Right. right um, right. And, and not only that, but then students now have access to, um, the, the women of eight platform and can create these digital experiences, um, uh, in addition to then learning from uh, uh, an expert like Lee, right. From, yeah. from industry. That, that's, that's excellent. And, uh, for our listeners, you may recall that we interviewed Stephanie Cox of Lumivate mm -hmm. yep. uh, on this program about her passion for escape rooms, yeah. uh, which was an interesting, uh, interesting conversation. Well, Andrew, we are, we are out of time, but before I let you go, uh, I, I want to make sure that we leave our listeners with with a call to action, mm -hmm. right? We, we love uh, action here on Status Go. It's kind of in our name. So what are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? Yeah, you know, I think that to me, what, what's really valuable, you, you mentioned it at the, at the outset was that Sophia, right? It's that skills assessment. Uh, yeah. To me, it's, it's go take that skills assessment uh, because the, the, that's what the, is at the, the core of what we're doing with the digital fluency initiative is making sure our students have, uh, the, the skills that they need to, to succeed. And so, um, you can't really do that unless you, you know, what skills you currently have. Um, right. you mentioned it too, at, at the beginning, uh, the importance of learning to learn, um, technology is, is always changing. Um, so that's another key component of what we're trying to do is to, is to teach our students how to learn. Uh, so that they, um, you know, will always be prepared for whatever changes come up uh, in, in the future. Excellent. I think those are those are a couple of great actions. And uh, to our to our listeners, we'll be sure and have links in the in the show notes to uh, Franklin College's website where they talk about this. And and if possible, I don't know if this is possible, but a link to the the beautiful dot ai deck that you shared yeah absolutely um, yep i can share um, that we can provide a link to that as well that would be great andrew thank you so much for being on status go today i really appreciate it i'd love to have you back in the future and talk maybe about uh how you're handling the ethics conversation uh especially around ai i think that would be fascinating but thank you for carving out time today i appreciate it thanks jeff really appreciate uh you having me on to our listeners, if you want to learn more, be sure and visit intervision.com. If you want to go directly to the Status Go podcast, that's intervision.com slash status dash go. 
You can also join our brand new LinkedIn group, Status Go, to continue the conversation. Uh, we hope to create dialogue around some of our episodes there. So check that out as well. This is Jeff Tun for Andrew Rosner. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.